Um, Our brothers and sisters, you are tuned into It Be How It Is, the podcast. This is a podcast with the goal of exploring any and all subjects pertaining to this reality. We're talking space, we're talking business, we're talking friendships, we're talking planet Earth, Mother Nature, everything. Nothing's off the table. This will be hosted by your friendly neighborhood friends, Brooklyn and Geo. We're a young couple out of Arizona, and we're in no way, shape, or form qualified to talk about any of this stuff. So feel free to make us feel bad in the comment section of our YouTube channel. Our goal is to start a discussion amongst ourselves so that we can learn to be more cohesive as a naked ape species on this wet rock spinning through space. As a token of our gratitude, we'd love to give you a bunch of gratitude points. You can spend the day being gracious for whatever you want. And if you run out, come back for more. We got too much of this stuff. Thanks again. Let's begin. What up, homies? It's your woke bro, Geo. And I'm coming in here today to talk about LSD. And this time, I'm not going to talk about stuff that's like informative on the last episode. It was, it was a boring episode, to be honest. It was just a bunch of facts that I found on the internet about LSD. So that when I made this video, people knew that I know what I'm talking about, at least somewhat, and I somewhat have done my research into the substance, so I'm not just, like, taking random drugs and hoping that it feels good. Uh, uh, so, yeah, if you want to learn about LSD, how it works in the brain, some of the history behind the substance, and all that good jazz, go back to the prior episode. It's quite long, and it is quite boring, in my opinion. Uh, but... Very informative, very, very informative. So in today's episode, it's not going to be quite that. It's going to be more, uh, let's just call this story time. Let's call this story time with your woke bro, Geo. Yeah, that's that's what we're going to call this. We might even make this a series, story times with your woke bro, Geo. You know, I have a lot of stories to tell. Um, some of them potentially incriminating, so I should be very careful with the stories that I tell. But, you know, life is long, uh, and I get bored a lot, so we'll we'll see. You know, things, uh, things change. But uh, let me get my homie up. Freaking Pikachu just fell over the background. Pikachu was originally pasted up on this moon. And on this tapestry that I use uh, as our background when we do um, interviews with guests. We will be having our first two guests this week, I believe. I know for sure we have one guest confirmed for Wednesday night. And then Brooklyn should be interviewing one of her friends this week as well. Um, So we will be uploading 
more than normal this week and we'll hopefully get to continue on that trend finding guests and people that we like to talk to and just share stories and uh you know just hang out so i am very excited about that so today lst my experience my trips i'm just knocking shit over left and right i'm a clunky person uh, for those of you who know me well, know I am very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? Clunky for sure. Uh, ditzy is another word that I've been described as. And this is before my LSD use. This isn't like a direct uh, thing that, like I, I wasn't a ditzy person because of LSD. I was a ditzy person before LSD. So... You know, just so you know, it doesn't make you ditzy. If you're ditzy, you're ditzy, and that I'm sorry, but you know that's just how you how you are, and that's how I am. Uh, clunky, ditzy, and uncoordinated. That's that's what I am. Very uncoordinated. I sucked at sports. I was a band geek my entire life. All right, super off topic. I we haven't even started talking about what the main point of this episode is, which is LSD and my experience with LSD. So I want to keep some kind of structure to this audio slash video. Uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to go in chronological order of all my trips. And I'm just going to try and recollect as much as I can there. There's a lot, there's a lot to all of them. So let's, uh, let's begin. Trip one. It was. Oh, it must have been a late spring afternoon. And the year must have been 2017. Let's see, I graduated 2015. And then I did a year in sales. About a year and a half before I dropped acid for the first time. So if I graduate 2015, yeah, yeah, late spring of 2017. How old would that have made me? 20? Oh, no, so it was late spring of 2016, actually. That's when I first dropped acid, because I was 19. I do remember that. Okay, so late spring of 2016. I was hanging out with one of my buddies. Um, I probably shouldn't say his name, but if he's listening, he knew he knows who he is. Um, our night did not start with the intentions of dropping LSD. He has had multiple trips, and he's had some very, very, very crazy stories, um, which hopefully I can get him to talk about. I don't want to talk about his experiences <laughs> without his consent. Um, but... I will say that in one of these stories, he was arrested. Uh, he was chased down uh, by the cops. He was tased and then he shit himself. So, you know, I'll just leave that one on that cliffhanger. And then if he, if he gives me permission to talk about his story, I'll talk about his story. Because it's a fucking crazy one. That one specifically. Uh, mind you, he did take like 10 tabs 
which is a lot. For those of you who've never dropped acid, one tab is already a hell of an experience. It, it can launch you into some crazy mind space, freaking just crazy, just trips. <laughs> really, that's like the, the word trip to describe what you experience on LSD is the perfect word. It really feels like a journey. And, and it's not like a journey where you're traveling in the physical realm, where you're trying to get to point B from point A and there's like all these like obstacles and stuff. It's it's a mental journey, it's inside. And you're experiencing all of your past experiences combined with like your opinions, other ideas, and then you get like third person ideas that don't feel like they're your own, but you don't really understand where they came from and, and they just accumulate and then they just create this crazy experience and you're in the experience for eight hours, but you don't perceive eight hours as eight hours. It feels like eight weeks and then you come out and you're just like, like that was uh that was tough. Like that was like a mental hike is really what it feels like. Um, some people, you know, it's, it's tough. Like, let's say you go hiking for the first time and you've never trained before. It's going to be a tough experience, and that, that's how it can be with LST as well. If you just drop acid for the very first time, um, it can be tough. So, <clears throat> anyways, this homie of mine, you know, our intention that night, I believe, was just was to party. We were we were bored for sure. Um, I would go hang out with them on the weekends, um, you know, whenever I would be done with my work, or if, you know, if it was a particularly slow sales week and, you know, I, I didn't really have many responsibilities it, it wasn't like a common thing that we did but you know we we built a solid relationship and we would just you know chill listen to music smoke sometimes all that good stuff so you know he's like hey man let's uh let's go find a party i was like all right cool sounds good so we left his house and he lived in this like housing complex where it's just all students and there was one party he didn't know who the the kids were he walked up he's like screw it let's cold knock see if they let us come in um so he like knocked in the door the guy that owns the house opened the door he asked if we can party he's like nah bro the like the the guy to girl ratio is perfect right now we can't let any more bros come in but if you get any more chicks totally come through and then one of the girls in the background was like hey man like that's so fucked up just let him come in party he's like sorry bro those are the rules we can't let them in and they just didn't let us in so that was the first time i've ever been rejected from a party i i was distraught kind of it was it was a weird experience i've i you know but at the end of the day you know it was a party we were not invited to we don't know who these people are whatsoever they just lived in the same neighborhood and it was a it was a complete just shot in the dark it was, but we tried you know and that's that's what that's what mattered <laughs> so he's like you know what man actually i think i have something better for us to do and i was like okay cool so we walked to another house in the same comp in the same uh, complex it was this girl that he was like dating and he's like yeah i ever hold my stash and i was like oh cool man <clears throat> um like stash of what he's like oh dude you'll see so he knocks on the door she lets us in he's like hey do you, you know can you get the stuff she's like oh yeah totes, totally dude um so she brings out a couple sheets of acid uh, and he's like all right man we're gonna trip today and i was like what He's like, we're going to trip today. And I was like, 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 a like acid. He's like, yeah. He's like, you ever done this before? I was like, no, man, that's uh, never something I've ever 
tried or experienced and at this point <clears throat> i've had a lot of friends in my social circle that have experienced lsd i've been around a few of my friends while they were tripping um while they smoked dmt and it wasn't something that i've like never been exposed to um up until this point the only substances that i've actually used have been marijuana and alcohol and still to this day are the only substances that i've really used um besides lsd now added to that equation <clears throat> so he said you know I, I would feel really bad if i just had you trip straight out so i really i need you to rip a bong first and i was like okay cool so i ripped the bong it floored me like i at this point my tolerance for THC was very low because I took a hiatus from it. I took a pretty long hiatus actually for that whole year and a half right after I graduated. Like after I graduated high school, I just didn't find it appealing anymore. It wasn't really fruitful for me, so I just stopped using it altogether. But you know, every now and now and again, it would be offered to me, and if I had nothing to do, I would just I would just you know smoke a bowl. Why not? So, anyways. I smoked, I got a little bit high, actually really high, <laughs> um, I was floored, I laid back on the couch, I was um, just kind of looking at his girl's tapestry that she had on the roof, and he's like, alright, cool man, here you go, gave me the tab, and I put it on my tongue, I was like, so what do I do, he's like, just let it dissolve, eventually it gets to the point where it's just like completely gone, just swallow the rest of the paper, and then uh, wait a couple, like, you know, 30, 40 minutes, and you'll be good to go, and I was like, okay, cool, so I did it, <clears throat> uh, we walked back over to his crib, we started listening to some music, he's like, what do you want to listen to, and I said, uh, EDM, at this point, I loved EDM music, I was, I still do, uh, to this day, but I liked, like, Odessa, like, very just chill jams, so I wanted to kind of go into this experience in, like, a clear, like, just like a, a smooth headspace. He was really, really big into like trap hip hop and just like, just grimy stuff, grimy shit. And I don't really like that type of music um, all that much. So yeah, but for me, you know, I wanted to listen to something more comfortable, more appealing to the ears, um, my ears specifically. So Odessa, it was it. And I was vibing, you know. They, if you haven't listened to Odessa, their their music is very just like, it is chill. You can you can tell it's electronic, but they have like some organic instruments in it, and it's very like ethereal. It's very just like majestic. I guess you could say it would be a really good word to describe the music and the kind of like headspace that it puts you in. Seems to be very, um, I guess, ethereal. Ethereal would be a good way to describe it. You you feel like you're um, partying with some angels or something <laughs> um so yeah like the vibes were really good because of the music and um i thought i was coming up i was feeling like kind of uncomfortable uh physically i lay down on the floor because he had like it was really fluffy just rug and i started rubbing the, the rug and it was it was just i felt this interesting like tingling sensation that started from my head and then it went all the way to the extremities i felt it in my fingertips um and then i started looking at my hands and I started seeing my hands like trail. There was like trailing basically happening. And it's it's like a blurry sort of experience. But at the same time, you're hyper-focused on the blurs. And it's like your hands are leaving imprints of themselves. And it's like you can see yourself move through time and space in, in, in a way. And 
that kind of like wore off and I just looked at him and he's like, oh, you're awake. And that just hit me. That hit me really hard. Because the way he said it, it's like, I've never been awake before. Like that was the first time I actually felt like awake, like clear minded. And I said, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm awake. This is, it's weird. It, it just felt different. It, it was, you know, like when you're awake in your everyday life and, and, you know, in sobriety, um, you, sometimes you have like mental fog. Sometimes you have emotional attachments, um, you know, things that you experience from earlier in the day, the emotions that kind of carry through, uh, those experiences will kind of go through with you into the day. Like if you had a particularly bad day at work, you know, you come home and even though you're not living those situations, you're still, your, your physiology seems to kind of still be in that state. Um, or sometimes you're just thinking about, you know, uh, how your day went, or you're thinking about tasks that you have to complete the, the next day, you're just out of presence. And with this substance, you're shot straight into the present moment. Like you just, you're experiencing the now and you're experiencing it to the fullest. So when he said that, it, it hit me hard. <laughs> I was like, whoa, like I'm present. I'm here. This is, this is so crazy. And I just immediately started to feel this graciousness for my friend who, you know, gave me the substance. And I was just like, dude, thanks. Like, thank you so much for giving me this experience for letting me try this substance. It's so, I was just so thankful. Um, he's like, yeah, man, like anytime, you know, you're my brother and I, you know, I, I really want you to really, I'm happy that you decided to do this with me. And I was like, yeah, man, for sure. So he started playing his, you know, his hip hop music and I wasn't vibing with it, but I, so I, and I had this, just, uh, this will, this like, for whatever reason, I just wanted to leave the room. I wanted to go into somewhere dark, put on headphones and just jam out to some Odessa. Like, that's just really what I wanted. So, you know, I told him like, Hey man, I gotta, I gotta go upstairs and into the, you know, into the spare bedroom. He's like, what for? I told him, I just want to listen to music. He was like, man, what are you trying to plug in for? Just be present with us. And I said, it's cool, man. I'll be right back. I just want to go numb for a little bit. He's like, okay, cool. That's chill. <laughs> uh, so I went upstairs, went into the room, put on the headphones, closed my eyes, laid in the bed. And that was the best part of the trip by far, because even though my eyes were closed, I was still seeing, and I was seeing vividly. I was seeing kaleidoscopic imagery it was these complex geometric patterns and they were neon and they were imprinted against this like black backdrop and they would keep morphing and changing and and, and reverberating and i started to think like is this death is this what it what we experience when we die and it just had this overwhelming feeling that that is kind of what happens when you transition from from death and or from life to death and I, I started to think about my day and my work and what I needed to do and what I had to 
get done and where I wanted to be headed in life. And I was just worried and worried and worried about this stuff. And it's, you know, I had, I'd repressed all these emotions. I just got used to putting my head down and just working without really knowing exactly why I'm working or where it is that I'm working towards. I was just, I was just working. I just got used to the, the working flow and it kind of broke this pattern in my thinking. And I just heard this like disembodied voice and he's like, uh, why do you fear death? Death happens to us all. You all die eventually. And I, I just started to laugh uncontrollably. I just was chuckling and heckling and cowling. And I was like, I just thought it was so silly how emotionally invested I was getting into my problems, into, you know, these occurrences, these, uh, my, my social standing, you know, where, where I, was on this like hierarchy of coolness you know what, what i thought of other what i thought others were thinking about me and all those things they they just thought their importance just ceased to exist it, it was it was not important you know uh, all these different you know judgments and, and and i noticed that these judgments were mostly coming from me and i was laughing because at the end of the day i knew that i was going to die like we all are so you know when when the time comes for us to die those negative ruminations and emotions c cease to be important and those aren't the things that really matter i started to realize that the only things that really truly mattered were the the happy experiences the things that you were proud that you were able to do so i was able to kind of look back on my life <clears throat> and just real quick thought about some of the accomplishments that I that I was able to you know do or some of the things I was able to accomplish um, up until this point in my 19 years of life <laughs> and I was I was really proud and <clears throat> with those emotions of gratitude and happiness I then started to think about my future and when I opened my eyes I saw my future clear as day right in front of me I saw it just like my pure potentiality i saw me living in this present moment and then i saw me a week from now and then two months from now four months from now if you guys have ever seen the graphic that shows evolution from like the monkey to the man that's what i saw but the evolution was me today to me like 10 years from that point and at the end of that point i was ripped jacked shredded like abs on abs on abs um super happy nice house uh it was like this very like paradise-esque kind of experience and it was just it was beautiful i i was i was shocked i was like this is amazing so you know paradise was this thing that <clears throat> you know i thought only happens after you die and i kind of learned that paradise is just happiness any sort of happiness that you can experience at any point in life you can create this paradise quote-unquote for yourself today it doesn't have to be when you transcend into the next lifetime or whatever happens after death and <clears throat> with that i was i was just so happy i was like this is awesome this is so cool um what how could a little tiny piece of paper you know not even a centimeter across create this intense ass experience and force me to feel these feelings of gratitude and happiness. I just, it's just, it, it was mind boggling. I was 
I was hooked. <laughs> you know, that was the point where, um, you know, I decided that, you know, it was, it was pointless of me to stay atheistic. I was an atheist up until this point. I, I, I was honestly an atheist from <clears throat> when I was 17 up until this day. This is the day where I didn't start believing in God per se, but <clears throat> I did at least um, open my mind up to the, op- the possibility of there being other beings um, and, and other, I guess, like programmers of our <laughs> reality and things that are just like beyond us, like the, the spirit world. And, you know, I, I wasn't like a devout Christian or anything by any means because of this experience, but I was at least open to the potentiality of there being a God. And I was pretty convinced that there was at least, at the very least, an intelligent force outside of us that created our reality that we live in. So that was just a mind fuck on its own. <laughs> I, I, uh, I was pretty much done with that. <clears throat> the intensity of the trip, I feel like that was pretty much the peak of it. Um, I went downstairs back to my friends and he was talking to his girlfriend on, uh, over the phone and the girl was, um, she was just telling stories. I don't even remember the stories. Um, we found out that we actually lived or grew up in the same hometown, but she was, she was homeschooled. And my hometown is really small. It's like 3,000 people. My graduating class was 70. Um, so it's like it's weird for you to grow up in a city and not know all the kids that are there. But this was one person that I never actually got to meet, but she like grew up there. Um, she just didn't go to our high school. And, and that was crazy, but... The biggest impression that I got, the thing that hit me the hardest from those conversations was just like her raw, like the like the feminine energy that I was feeling off of her. I just I had this appreciation for for women that I've never experienced before, where I was just so gracious that we get to have this polarity in in the genders. Like there's you know the male, the female, um, <clears throat> and I just I looked at my friend. Um, that helped me tripped and he was, you know, um, a relatively well stacked guy. Like he looked very well disciplined and I just saw from him like just like, like father, just like energy and, you know, this, uh, clear cut person with like clear direction, um, very goal oriented and driven. I just saw like this like driving force and then from the girlfriend, like I saw just like this, like warm, welcoming, very just like bubbly, uh, very like receptive, very maternal, very just loving, raw, just like energy. Like it wasn't anything that they were saying. It was just looking at them and just looking at their essence. I guess you can say it was very, it was very trippy. Like it's not something that you see or notice or think about while you're sober. It's really just something that you kind of have to actively seek out to to notice or something that you notice while under um under the the guise of these substances so that was a really very interesting um and that was pretty much when the the trip started to wear off it was an it was a long trip it was like an eight hour trip but at the time while you're in the trip it seems like time stops you you lose your concept of time i i looked at my watch and I was like, whoa, I have to work in like 10 hours. <clears throat> and 
I just kind of thought to myself, what really is 10 hours? You can't really measure time. It's not really something that like that actually exists. It's something that was man-made. You know, really, I can choose to work now if I wanted to. I could choose to be productive whenever I want. It's why am I confined to this arbitrary thing? Like, yeah, we all agreed upon time as the standard measurement for our days and you know it's it, i do appreciate when people are prompt and show up to to like meetings on time to work on time and all that good stuff but at the at the same time it's not really real at least that's what it felt like <clears throat> um so that was you know an interesting thought um i was kind of jittery i will say that just because your your body's awake like it's ready to go you want to go do things and you know, I, I did want to go to sleep because I did, you know, have work the next day and I wanted to make sure I showed up mentally sharp. So my friend, he's like, hey, man, you know, take this drink. It was like Powerade and he mixed some trip killers. So it was like some benzodiazepines, I think. Um, and, you know, it helped calm me down. And, you know, I started getting sleepy and uh, I went to I went to bed. And even though my body was shut off, my mind was still going and that's that night like just my dreams were some of the most vivid and awesome dreams i've ever had i was just so happy to be asleep and i had this new gained appreciation for being able to turn off and recharge and just be like i felt like i was in the womb like in the in the this like the womb of the universe and the universe was coddling me and the universe was re-energizing me and it was helping me <clears throat> recharge so that i can have <clears throat> excuse me a, a productive day the next day it was it was cool it was I, i've never appreciated sleep so much in my life um but you know under the guise of the substance i feel like you really start to appreciate almost everything good evil you know shitty things that happened to you in the past um even you know you gained appreciation for those things because you understand that those are the things that kind of shaped who you are today um so much so much that you know i just gained gratitude for but yeah that was essentially that was the first trip all right <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> i'm back for part two i had to go to the restroom i was about to freaking explode on camera i had to just finish at least finish part one um for the sake of the i guess the audio appeal of this uh, episode so i didn't want to cut in the middle of the story to go pee but i'm back and here we go trip number two so trip number two was in the same year it was about three months after the first experience um three months because i told myself i would wait at the at the minimum a month before my next one but ideally three months or more and i still to this day follow that same rule reason being is because i wholeheartedly believe that the more experience you can rack up between trips the more bullshit that you can go through the more struggle that you can go through um or e and even the more wins that you can go through um, between trips potentiates the trip and creates this environment 
mental environment for you to really gain a lot out of it. Because if you trip one weekend and then you wait till the next weekend, you didn't really go through a whole lot within a week's time that makes you really learn much. Like, you know, I really took these substances as learning experiences and I use them as tools to better my psychology and, and, and even my, um, the way I interacted with people and the way I thought about things and the way I worked, it, it was, it really was very much a tool for me. It still is to this day. So, you know, that's just something that I, I personally recommend is at the minimum a month between trips. Also, you know, it works on like serotonergic pathways and you don't want to create this environment where you're running low on dopamine and serotonin. You're not able to focus in your regular day life. Um, you create HPPD, which is, you know, something that is very real and does happen to people that trip too much and too frequently and especially at very high doses. So, you know, it's a substance that you need to respect a hundred percent, just like anything out there. Uh, so anyways, that's my little just rant on that. Uh, Trip number two, same year, three months later, it was in Tucson, Arizona, <clears throat> and I was talking to one of my homies um, from Tucson. I probably shouldn't say her name either just because, well, you know, what I'm talking about isn't actually legal. So she asked me if I've ever experienced acid. I told her yes. She asked me if I could find some. I told her yes, I found some. Um, we met at a, we met at this place called Solar in Tucson. And it's just this very trippy, like dance hall where they play a lot of house music and like trance music and um, techno music. And there's just like these trippy paintings on the walls and it, it doesn't open until like 2 a.m. It's very like underground, very like, very interesting. Actually, you know what? That's not where I met. I met up with her at a house party in Tucson. Um, we both dropped there. I found one of my coworkers at this party. I was like, "What the heck, dude? What are you doing here?" He's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, I know the guy that went, you know, that's having this party. And I was like, "I I don't know anyone at this party except for you know this girl." And he's like, "Oh, that's cool. I'll hang out with you guys." I was like, "Okay, man, but I will let you know I am tripping on acid here, and uh, I might not be very coherent with my sentences." He's like, "That's cool, man. That's awesome. I'm happy for you. It's uh, I'm sure it's gonna be a great experience." Blah 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 blah. So, anyways, we go from there. And we go off into, mind you, none of none of us were driving. We actually did have a, a DD. Uh, one of our homies from up here in Phoenix drove down to Tucson, met with us, and he agreed to be the trip sitter for the night, which was very, very cool of him. And uh, it started to come on hard. You know, we both laid down in this, like, little cave that they have. It's like a chill cave. I'm guessing it's for people that trip, you know, to help them kind of ease into the trip and, and and everything in this place was geared towards people that were tripping you can tell like there was images of like sheba and she was like spreading open her legs and there was like the cosmos coming out of her <laughs> you know what there was very trippy just like colors all over the the walls and and the music obviously really heightens um the effects of the drug and you know, we came up and, and it felt amazing. Um, it was a very easy come up that time. And she's like, hey, let's go to the dance floor. So I went to the dance floor with her and they had seats around the dance floor so you can watch people dance um, if you wanted to. I had no 
no desire to dance that night. I was just so overwhelmed with the euphoria from the come up. So I sat down um, and I watched her dance. She was shuffling and all this good stuff. And I just, I was just enjoying the view, like the energy. I was appreciating her uh, ableness to express um, herself creatively through dance. And um, I, I had this appreciation for the DJ and, you know, his craft and how much he seemed to love what he was doing and that was really cool in itself um so we you know we ended the end of that went to her house and <clears throat> that's where things started to get a little bit weird um we would hit uh we would hit a bong outside in her uh in her porch and the first time i ripped it the trip went from this like outward experience and it immediately became an inward experience where I was seeing things inside my mind again. And she was talking about botany and plants and life. And I started seeing images of, you know, green earth, Gaia, just life sprouting from the ground. And when I opened my eyes, like, it kind of projected onto her skin and then I started to see her kind of like grow leaves from her face and her hair turned to shrubbery and she was like this green goddess she was basically Gaia and I was looking at Gaia and she was talking and I was just baffled I was in awe I was in the presence of, of a goddess and I was just loving that experience I was like this is amazing <clears throat> and then we ripped it again and and her friend who was our trip sitter he's tripped a lot and and he knows how to kind of manipulate the environment and 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 do things um to really mess with people that are tripping so he he had his fingers and he started to slowly crawl each one one by one in a really creepy way and he made the sound he was going And I was staring at his fingers and I was just like, whoa, what the heck is going on, man? Like, this is like some sort of voodoo magic stuff that you're doing to me. And, and I saw his hands morph into like these demonic kind of like fangs. And the noises were reminiscent of like a snake. So I, I really felt like I was in the presence of some sort of like satanic being. So I went from witnessing like the most beautiful heavenly thing ever. to like this really satanic, just like creepy thing. And that's when I started to realize like this guy, you know, he's kind of messed up in the head a little bit. Like he's not a very positive person. Like I could tell that he had some, some demons to him and he was very just drawn to like dark things. He, you know, we gave him control of the TV and he would play music videos with just like, just negative imagery, things of, like themes of death and dying. And, you know, I asked him, um, kind of what his life story was. Cause I wanted to understand why he th was the way that he was. And I learned that, you know, he grew up in a poor country. He abused drugs. He would be so bored. He would stare at the sun until, <laughs> until basically his vision went was gone and you know i just i felt bad for this guy you know he he was very just attached to his past and uh, it really kind of permeated into his person but um 
you know, I hung out with him more after that and he started to become a more positive person. And, you know, his values are, I love his values now. You know, I, I think he's a great human being, but it's just in, I guess in that time, maybe he was going through some stuff, but you can really see the, like the darkness and the depression. Um, so I just, you know, wanted to make sure I, I never became that or, you know, started to go through those things. And then the girl that I was hanging out with also was telling us about some of her um, past experiences that were not so very good, um, drug abuse and whatnot. <clears throat> So, uh, we went from that to, I was, okay, so I was really, really into self-help at the time. Um, and one of our conversations was, you know, she really loved how these girls were dancers and, you know, in the music video and how just great they are at their craft. And she's like, I wish I could do it. And I said, well, you could. She's like, well, no, like those girls are really good. I'm like, yeah, but, but what's stopping you? Like, there's nothing stopping you from achieving that if you really truly wanted to. Like, you can train your ass off and become great at dancing. And, you know, she's like, mm, oh, yeah, like that's true. You're right. I never really thought of that. And we started having conversations about like potentiality and how you can really just achieve any of your dreams if you really put your mind to it and stuff like that. And um, it started, you know, we started to create some really positive um, conversations and it was a more of a positive experience at that point, um, which is really nice. I really liked that part. Um, I had to go to the restroom <clears throat> so at some point during our conversation. So I did walk into the restroom and I stared at my body in the mirror. Now at this point I, I'd gained some weight. I wasn't, um, I've always valued lifting ever since I, I was 15. I've always valued having a good body and um, being healthy. And when I looked at my body at that point, what I saw was just death and decay. What I saw was just gross, just nastiness. I looked at my fingertips and, um, you know, some of my nails were growing out long and I, I just saw death under the nails. And um, I looked at my lifted my shirt and I saw, you know, my fat and my love handles. And it just, it just made me think like, this is disgusting. I'm carrying like all this dead weight stuff. That's not supplying my body with like true nourishment. And, you know, I'm, I'm really putting just, I'm just taxing my body. I'm, I'm not optimizing my body and, and helping it. <clears throat> I just, am not appreciating my body for what it is. And that's where I made this distinction between the body and the mind where I started to think that I'm not really my body. My body is more or less just like a vehicle that I use to carry myself and my consciousness through this realm, through this plane, through this reality. But just like any other vehicle, like you want to take care of it. You want to do the maintenance on it. You want to make sure that it looks good, presentable. So that's where I started to take my my health seriously again. I started to work out again. I got a, mem a gym membership. At that point, I was just working out at my apartment complex gym, but the equipment there sucked. It was not good. <clears throat> um, you know, I wasn't getting good workouts. I wasn't following a, a strict regimen. So, you know, I got back into a really solid training regimen and I started dropping weight and looking better and feeling better. And it was, it was a great experience. And I'm so grateful that I looked in the mirror that day and, you know, really just made that conscious slash subconscious decision to to change my life <laughs> um for the better at least physically um and then i went back to the group um the guy was just giving me really bad vibes and i just wanted to go home um by then the acid really wore off <clears throat> it was really wearing off and i was just I didn't even drink any alcohol, so I wasn't like inebriated in that sense. I was just more or less just awake. So 
I told him like, hey guys, I, I really want to just go home. He's like, are you sure you're okay to drive? Katie's like, yeah, I'm sure. Like it's wearing off for me too. And he, oh, I said her name. Whoops. <laughs> um, I don't know if I can blur that out. Uh, it'll be fine. So anyways, he drove me back to my car. I went from, uh, I drove back to my house. I watched a movie. I don't remember what movie it was, but it made me cry. It made me cry so hard. Oh, Goodwill Hunting. Um, I was watching that movie and it made me cry really hard because of, like the, the story was just magnificent. You know, it was this guy that struggled with self-belief, um, this man telling him to believe in himself, to believe in love. And he just was so closed off to it emotionally that he didn't understand. Um, and then once he like opened his heart, you know, his life became better. And I really, that really resonated with me because I was kind of in that same mindset same headspace, um, not too long from that movie. So yeah, I was bawling my freaking eyes out. <laughs> and then I went to sleep. So that was trip two. Trip three. What was trip three? Okay, so trip three was it was my first challenging trip. Trip three was in Prescott, Arizona. I was running, uh, I was running a, like a little business out in Prescott and it was just like a summertime thing. I, I, you know, opened up shop at the beginning of the summer and I closed shop at the end of the summer. Um, but you know, I had a lot of employees and one of my employees was a frat kid from that college. He went to Embry Riddle which I thought was interesting because it's like an aeronautical engineering school and it's like all about aeronautics, but they had fraternities. Um, so that in itself just baffled my brain. <laughs> and, you know, I, the people that I was managing and, and hiring were my age. So a lot of them ended up being my friends. And this guy specifically was um, into tripping culture. I kind of could tell by the something he said or something the way he dressed. There was something that really just give, just was a telltale sign. So, you know, I waited until the summer was over before I went out and partied with them. I wanted to make sure that my brain was in the business and I wasn't caught up in any like small town scandals. So when I closed my shop down. Um, I asked him for acid. He gave me he gave me a, a tab. I dropped it in my office. You know, I was it was like my last week there. I was closing up shop, but you know, as I was doing some of my chores and putting stuff in boxes, I put the tab in. Um, I was gonna just go back home to the house I was living in and the room I was renting, but <clears throat> I had this this overwhelming just need to hang out with people so i i called him and i and i asked like hey man what are you doing he's like oh actually uh, a few of the homies and i are tripping right now and he said oh that's awesome can i go hang out with you guys he said yeah so he came he picked me up um right after i was coming up and that that come up was tough it was a tough come up i was on the floor just rolling like oh like i don't like this i don't like this it's it's really just like it was a really intense like euphoria like it just was not a smooth euphoric experience. It was, and I think it was because at this point, it was probably been six months since trip two. So I just completely forgot what, what it felt like, um, how intense the experience was. And <clears throat> finally it flickered. Like once, once uh, the come up dissipates, you kind of are just like turned on. Your brain is on. 
and you're in the tripping realm and you're fine uh, what made it hard was just the emotional baggage I was carrying those three months were three of three of the most challenging months in my entire life I failed as a business owner I went into a lot of debt and I got broken up with, with by the person who I thought might be the love of my life. Now, granted, every person that I date, I always thought was like the love of my life. Um, so it's it's nothing, you know, nothing new there. But yeah, I dealt with a really bad breakup. Like it was, we didn't fight or anything, but the fact that I was just so depressed and, you know, I, I wasn't running my business effectively and it was affecting all areas of my life and you know, I wasn't taking my health as serious and, you know, I was eating well, actually, micronutrient proficient foods, but I wasn't working out. Um, so I didn't look as good as when she first met me. And I wasn't willing to accept that. I, I played the role of the victim. You know, she didn't directly break up with me. It was more like a, a mutual breakup, quote unquote. But the fact that after that phone call ended and I knew I didn't want to break up with her, I knew that the decision was hers and she just got me to say, I want to break up, which made sense. And I just, I was, I was playing the victim. I was you know, like, so her, I was like, you know, she really loved me. She would stay with me through thick and thin, you know, she would have helped me, you know, um, overcome these obstacles and these challenges. But as soon as she sniffed that life was going downhill, she just up and outed, you know, that's, that's the story that I was telling myself. So when I tripped, you know, it really forced me to think about that breakup and I put myself in her shoes and I started to think about me through the vision of her eyes and, and I realized, well, it made sense. You know, this person who she put all her eggs in, or who she started, was starting to put all her eggs in this basket for, um, was showing that he's not able to overcome adversity that when things get tough, he quits, he throws in the towel, he mopes, he whines, he complains, like, who's going to be attracted to that? No one, I wouldn't be attracted to that. Hell no. And I just, I had this new gained empathy for her and, and for her decision now. And it made sense to me. You know, I told myself, I would have probably done the same, you know? So <clears throat> I took more responsibility on that. And I opened up my planner I had my backpack with me and I made, I wrote out a game plan on how I was going to make money, um, how I was going to prove her wrong, but I, I lost my attraction to her. I no longer wanted to be with her. Um, I didn't want to do it to get her back. I wanted to do it just to prove myself, um, to prove, I guess, to somehow prove to her that I'm not the person who she thought I was. And that was the mission. Um, so the challenge was that was going through those emotions, going through that self-realization and really just understanding that it was my fault. I fucked up. I'm the one to blame. And it's a lot of baggage for, for someone to carry. <laughs> um, but I made a game plan, right? I, I wrote I wrote out a clear and cut schedule. I wrote up my vision, my mission statement, how much money I wanted to make by what point and what I was going to do to get to that point. I wrote in the time I was going to wake up, the time I was going to go to work, the time I was going to make, you know, my calls, the time I was going to go set up appointments, the time I was going to meet with clients, the time I was going to, how much I was going to sell by what point at what day. And I had this clear cut schedule and I followed it to a T and I hit my goal just barely. And <clears throat> 
anyways, that's not part of the trip experience, but that's a result of that trip. Um, but once that part was over, it was relatively okay. Um, that just took a lot of the trip. That took like most of the trip. Um, we did get some brewskis. We went over to one of his friend's house. We started playing um, this weird ass game where like you had to hammer nails into a log. And I was like, this is freaking dangerous. I'm not playing this anymore. I'm leaving. Um, and then I was talking to this dude and he's like, yeah, man, I dropped like eight tabs. And he told me his trip experience where he saw like the sky split open and he saw like the matrix and he saw that we're like in the simulated reality and it was just like this crazy experience and i was just thinking whoa bro if we live in a simulation i hope they don't unplug this freaking computer because i would suck uh and then he's he was watching some tv show i think he was watching like Oh, he's watching Green Arrow. He's like, dude, you have to watch this. It's the most amazing show on earth. I tried to watch the first episode with him, but it just wasn't resonating with me. So I left. And then I went back upstairs, ate a grilled cheese sandwich um, that one of the other bros made. And when I was eating the sandwich, I, I just... I, I really tasted the love in the sandwich, if that makes sense. You know when people say, oh, like... It's really good because it's made with love. Like, I understood that. Like, I could taste and feel and under... Like, when I ate the sandwich, I just saw the time and attention that he put into it. Like, the fact that he, you know, buttered it up on both sides. You know, he put it on this pan. He um, melted it to perfection. And, and it wasn't just, like, this, like, shittily thrown together, like, grilled cheese. Like, he took his sweet-ass time with this thing. Like, he made it, like, a good-ass freaking grilled cheese sandwich. Um, so, I had, like, this... <laughs> this is like appreciation for um not just like the quality of the food but like the way the food is made the 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 process of the food the making the food uh and that was that was pretty interesting um one of the other guys i was tripping uh you know he was on the balcony he's like you know i just don't like trips because i have to th you know sometimes i just have to think about the tough shit and i don't want to think about the tough shit and i was like dude that's the point like you're supposed to use these substances to work through that stuff and, and come out of it a better man um, you know, so I gave him those notes and I don't know. I just kind of left him cause I wasn't feeling his vibes. He was just like some shoulders, head on his ha hands on his head. And I was like, you know, whatever he's going through, he has to work to that on his own. I'm not going to interject myself in it. I want him to get to this experience, right? Like I, I just, I was kind of happy he was going through it cause I'm sure he was going through some tough shit. Um, and the next morning when I said hi to him, he seemed to be okay. So... That was pretty much the bulk of trip three. Huh. So trip four. What was trip four? Trip four. I took a hiatus for trip from tripping for like a whole year, I think, after that. Hmm. Yeah, because I moved back. I didn't move to Tucson after that. I moved to Phoenix. I started going to college here in, in Chandler. And I didn't trip at any point in time while going to that school. I was more focused on bodybuilding, and that was my main focus. And, and of course, work and making money. And then I tripped again. Man, when was trip four? Or rather, who was it with? I met a friend. I 
started raving a lot. I really got into dubstep music and I met one of my best friends ever through that scene and he was into tripping and I know he was the guy that got me a plug for acid up here. And I know I bought some tabs from him, but I used it to microdose the first time I got from him, gel tabs. So I started microdosing a good amount um, in 2019. Just because microdosing made work very easy. Um, I was working in direct sales and marketing, so I had to talk to clients a lot. And I would microdose really, really small doses, like five micrograms or 10 micrograms, I don't even remember. And it would just increase my empathy load. I was able to understand clients with them, understand clients better. I wasn't talking one way. It was more like a conversation where I was trying to gain a friend and help them with my product. It was just, it was way better. Like it made my work experience a lot better. Um, but I'm trying to think my next big trip though. I don't remember. What was trip number four? Huh. If I work backwards, I had one in Sedona for my birthday. I had one in my room. Wow. I don't remember trip four. Very odd. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's just end this video or audio or both with my most reason recent uh trip huh. yeah sure i guess we can end with my most recent trip so in my most recent trip i was meditating on the ideas of power and corruption and i was thinking about how people can become very corrupt once they get into these positions of power. And I wanted to understand why. So I really started to just meditate on that idea, pow corruption um, through power. And what I started to think or realize, I guess, was it's, it's more, it more or less has to do with the idea of being able to stimulate yourself where let's say you uh, you achieve your wildest goals in your dreams you're at the pinnacle of like the human experience you have loads and loads of money loads and loads of wealth you have all this control eventually you become desensitized to those things and you want to find a way to really stimulate yourself so you start to find ways to cheat the system um you might get into crime you might start doing just really horrendous shit just because you want to you're desensitized to normal pleasures by that point and it just started to make sense and i started to think about what would be the ultimate power grab like what would be the most powerful point in life that you can get to and I realized at that point would be God. To experience ultimate power, you'd have to become God, a singular one, just God, like the most om omnipotent being. And 
I wanted to, I started to think, well, if I wanted to become God, what would I have to do in this reality, in this physical realm to create that? And when I started to think about that, this like Medusa kind of like extra dimensional character kind of popped into existence and she just like smacked my metaphysical hand. She's like, no, nope, you can't mess with those ideas those are not meant for mortals you may not have that amount of power no one in your reality in your realm will be able to experience that amount of control and it just shot me back into reality i i went out of my mind and into my physical space and i was like whoa maybe there are some you know maybe there are some beings and things outside of this reality that we just don't understand that we can't comprehend that we never will be able to understand as humans that was just such a strange experience like that was the first time i ever experienced an entity quote unquote and i was doing yard work still while tripping and i was just so happy uh you know that i had to do work you know I, I i experienced it was weird because you know what i was doing is i was hacking weeds and you know it was like a bloodbath essentially where i was just like killing all these beings that were infiltrating my you know my property <laughs> and um you know my girlfriend was out there doing work with me and you know i just started to think like yeah like our future is going to be so awesome you know we're, we're going to be able to do yard work with our kids and teach them the value of work and um i just saw like our entire lives like just in this yard work and i just had this appreciation for like the simplicities of life things like pulling weeds making food you know um your family lineage you know just family values and you know what's what's been interesting is in my last like four or five trips the biggest theme that i've been coming across is just family you know I've, you know a lot of people they they do these substances to try to figure out, you know, what am I supposed to do with my life? What do I want to do in this realm, in this reality with my time? You know, real really are my values. And, you know, um, me too. You know, I'm no different in the sense I was really using these drugs to try and, like, get a one-up edge over, like, the competition, over other humans. And every single time when I would try to get into that headspace, what it would boil down to is... The only thing that actually matters is just family, right? Like the only thing I really want is just to have kids, to raise them, um, to make sure that they have the tools in order to be, you know, successful in this life and not successful like monetarily, um, really just whatever they deem to be success in their own mind. Like I, I, I truly and firmly believe that us as humans need to be able to define our own concepts of success and not place them upon other people you know, what they deem to be, you know, uh, true success, right? Because what, you know, to be successful f as one person might not really be true success as another person. You know, the person who, you know, is like a freaking corporate mogul, makes a lot of money, nice ass house, you know, that's their form of success, right? But to the person who's more spiritual, 
they might look at that person and say, wow, like you have no time to appreciate what you have. You know, you have meetings every single day. Um, you have to live on this tight schedule. You have all these responsibilities. You know, that's not success for me. You know, for me, it's fucking meditating on the beach, you know, whatever it is. But, you know, I think we have to define success for ourselves. Anyways, point being, family values. Those have always been, in the past, like, four or five trips, that's just, that's all that mattered to me. It's like, it doesn't really matter what I do in this life all that much. Like, I still want to, you know, have a great physique so I can look good into my old age so that, you know, my wife doesn't, isn't unattracted to me and you know she still finds me physically appealing <laughs> um but mostly it's just i want to create an environment to raise you know my kids so that they can you know really love this life and to give them as many experiences as physically possible like i want them to be able to travel i want them to be able to experience third world countries and i want them to be able to just have this large por portfolio of experience so that they can really have options and and choose to do the things that they want to do and, and achieve them at a high level so <clears throat> uh yeah like just my trips have been really about family a lot more lately and it's awesome like that's cool you know I'm, I'm happy with that that's really all i want at the end of the day and a lot of people you know they'll They'll try to do these practices in their trips where they'll make a list of ideas to contemplate about. And I've tried that, but it doesn't work a lot of the time. Because it seems like the trip really just takes you where where you need to go, not where you want to go necessarily. It, it forces you to think about the things. Because, okay, so here's the thing. A lot of people think that you drop acid and it's like this escape from reality. And to an extent, yeah, a little bit. But you're still living in this realm and your trip is still influenced by your mortal life and a lot of the times you have problems in your physical life that you keep putting off you don't want to deal with things you don't want to think about and when you drop the you know when you drop if those things are occupying a high amount of your emotional space it seems to kind of pull you into those ideas into that realm and forces you to think about those things and forces you to try to figure those things out and solve them get just to get them out of the way and what i've noticed is if you go into a trip and you have baggage like that the trip is going to be tough it's going to be hard but when you go into a trip and you kind of are working through your baggage and you like aren't lying to yourself and you know what the baggage is and what you got to do to you know get past it then the trips are a lot easier and they're a lot more fruitful and you start thinking about more complex and bigger ideas and another thing that I've noticed is the higher the IQ of the person, I think the more interesting the trip. Like you go on these subreddits for trip reports and you read trip reports and you can tell like the people that are just more articulate, the people that have are able to think about complex problems and solve them a lot easier have like these the most amazing just crazy trips and and they have like these wild experiences whereas people that are maybe lower on the iq stands or just too young you know like you see like 16 17 year old kids and they're just like oh ho, ho, i saw lizards in the sky i saw purple unicorns with blah 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 laser beams and ha, ha, ha. like there's not like this significant emotional like experience that comes from it it's just like i was tripping it was funny it was colorful it was cool um so it doesn't it's not as fruitful um maybe that's what it is maybe it's just like young people 
the younger you are, the less fruitful of an experience it is. I think the older you get, the more meaningful um, the experiences become, for sure. But I still believe that people need to try it out. I think it's a, uh, it's crazy. It's just it's so hard to explain. Just like how significant it feels. You drop this and you you feel like it's important. You feel like it's something that needs to be shown to the world and to the universe, and everyone needs to have this experience, right? <clears throat> But I think it's really important to be careful with these substances, too, because you can, you can, in a a lot of cases, um, you know, create HPPD. That's where basically the trip persists into your reality. And granted, a lot of the people that get HPPD, just from the forums that I've joined and from the people I personally talk to that have it, a lot of time it happens with people that abuse the substance. So you do it on a regular basis. One of the people I just most recently was talking with that has it, he did, he was tripping consistently for six months, daily almost. Um, he would have big trips on the weekends, up to 10 sheets of acid, and then micro, um, just, he would microdose throughout the week for school. And now he has full bone HPPD. So you have to respect the drug. And that would be my biggest piece of advice for people is, between trips give yourself a month at least three months is really good but the longer the better the longer the better the experiences are more emotional more significant more nuanced it's it's way better the longer you wait for sure because you don't want to detach yourself from this reality too much like there's value in sobriety like i love sobriety too and you won't accomplish anything in your life if you're tripping all the time like you still have to work in this physical space like for me i'm a person who again values family i want to eventually own a house and all that good stuff so i'm not going to get there if i'm tripping every day (laughs) so i don't (laughs) you know i i make sure i have good spaces between trips so that would be my you know just my largest piece of oh i remember trip four it just came to me it was uh Man, trip four was so fun. It, actually, it was Phoenix Lights, um, the festival, and I tripped with my girlfriends, and we sat under this tent. There was like this Elmo figure, and we met just like all sorts of cool people. People were coming. We made like this like circle, like a kind of like a tribal circle. We we're just talking to each other, um, meeting new people, talking about life experiences, and it was just like this wonderful experience and i just love the community um here's what i would say if you want to trip at a at a venue a music venue um if you're gonna do like a big festival i would just do one tab because you still want to have enough mm, consciousness and awareness to be able to like interact with your physical environment and with the people around you otherwise if you drop like let's say you do two three four five six tabs of acid you're so in your head that it's like Why'd you pay two, three, four, five hundred bucks to get to this festival if you're not even able to be there present and watch the sets and meet the people? It makes no sense in my mind. So I would say one tap at the most and maybe stack it with MDMA. Do a candy flip so it's easier for you to enjoy the music and and get your full money's worth from the events. Um, If you're doing like a small show venue, like 
you know, it's, it's enclosed and there's just one dance floor, I would say half a tab at the most. It's just really hard to concentrate on the music when you're doing a full tab because uh, the stimulation of your environment is too much. The reason it's easier at a big festival is because they have like chill grounds, like they have bean bags and like these little tent setups where you can go and like hang out with your friends between like trips and, um, it just makes it easier to trip when, when you go to those like little hangout floors, but you don't really have that in a club setting. A club setting is just overly stimulating for, for the mind and you you won't want to stay there long. <laughs> You'll want to go home more than likely. Um, and then microdosing, you know, it can be fruitful and it works for a lot of people. Um, and I've done it a couple times too, but my microdoses, I keep it, I've done a 25 uh, microgram dose ones and just worked all day and that was pretty cool actually but it was it was edging too much to that trip zone like it was like sober to tripping and it was like this like uncomfortable well actually even more so on 50 micrograms it was my 50 micrograms is really uncomfortable because it's like you really want to go into that trip zone but you can't because it's not enough but it's like you also want to see that like microgram zone but like you can't because it's too much it's just it's a weird experience so like I like 25 micrograms and I like 100 micrograms. I don't really like 50. Um, and then like a true microgram dose, I think for most people it's like five or 10 micrograms. And that's, that's a, you just feel awake. If anything, alert, it's really odd. It's really cool. And it lasts all day, it lasts like all day. Um, but anyways, this video is getting really long. This audio is getting really long and I have to go use the restroom again. I'm like, squeezing hard here not to pee myself on camera so i'm just going to end the video here thank you all so much for hanging out with me um and going and going through story time with geo uh maybe we should make this a thing uh, maybe i'll have more story times with your woke bro geo for the future but for now i'm gonna let y'all go i have to pee very very bad all right thank you so much have a good rest of your quarantine bye Thank you guys for spending some time with us today. You can help us out a ton if you drop a like on the video for the YouTube algorithm. Subscribe to us for upcoming content, turn on notifications, and drop a comment in the comment section below. And thank you to the artists who hooked it up with the Sweet Jams. Their links are in the description box. And you can follow us on Instagram at itbehowitis and Twitter at itbehowitispodcast. Thanks again. Y'all are awesome. Peace out. Bye.